Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Linda Venny. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal calling in from Charlevoix, Michigan. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor and publish a weekly e-zine titled Paralegal Strategies. More information is available at paralegalmentor.com, where new subscribers receive my 151 tips for your career success. Vicki, I always enjoy receiving your newsletter uh, in my inbox, especially family pictures and keeping up. I think you're um, a new grandmother again, aren't you? I am. Elle was born on uh, October 11th. Well, congratulations. Thank you. For any new listeners who don't already know, I'm Lynn DeVenny. I'm a North Carolina State Bar Certified Paralegal employed by a small civil rights litigation firm, Elliot Pishko Morgan in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I just realized my 17th anniversary with the firm is coming up soon. Um, and I've been very lucky to uh, get to support attorneys in a variety of practice areas, including some new practice areas. I'm learning now uh, criminal, federal defense, immigration work, and social security disability. I also co-authored a textbook, a national textbook for paralegals, workers' compensation practice for paralegals. And I blog for the paralegal profession at practicalparalegalism.com. We'd like to take this time to thank our sponsors. NALA, a professional association for paralegals, providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at nala.org. We'd also uh, like to thank Redactit from Informative Graphics Corporation, automatic redaction for your digital documents. Find out more at redact.org. And finally, Above All Legal, a new online job board for the legal community. You can find out more about Above All Legal at AboveAllLegal.com. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and also to share with our listeners leading trends, significant developments, and resources we think they'll find helpful both in their careers and their everyday jobs. We also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics. Today on The Paralegal Voice, we'll take a look at career development and advancing in the paralegal profession, specifically when it comes to professional resumes. We will also take a look at the value of professional certification and participation in CLE programs. We have a very special show today. Uh, Joining us today is NALA President Karen McGee, ACP. Thank you for joining us, Karen. Oh, thank you for having me, Lynn. And also with us is Charles C. Smith-Diaz, Ph.D. Charles C. is a former paralegal who earned her Ph.D. in technical writing from Texas Tech University, my dad's alma mater, by the way, and is now an assistant professor of technical and professional writing at the University of Maine. She also works with the Foster Center for Student Innovation to help students with business plans, grant proposals, and pitches for funding. In addition to that, Charles C. and I collaborate a lot, and so this is why I'm really excited to have you on today, Charles C. 
Uh, we've collaborated on a couple of projects, the first being a blueprint for your job search in the digital age. And that's a webinar that's available online at paralegalmentor.com. And we've just finished a huge project. We've co-written a paralegal textbook that is being uh, published by uh, Pearson Prentice Hall. Should be ready after uh, the first of the year. So, Charles, see, you'll probably talk about that a little bit more later. But I do thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I know both of you are going to provide a great deal of helpful information to our listeners. Uh, Karen, let's start with you first. What... What is NALA currently doing when it comes to aiding paralegals in their quest to move ahead in the paralegal profession? That's a great question, Lynn. We have approached this um, through several significant offerings, particularly in this shifting and difficult economy. We are finding that we're serving several groups of people. First, there are those who are looking for jobs, who have changed careers to become paralegals, and those who have just graduated from a paralegal program and are new to the workforce. And for these groups, we've completed the first year of of greatly expanding the availability of our certified paralegal exam. Uh, You may recall that in 2010, we went to our new computer-based testing method for the CP exam, and we're finding that paralegals and paralegal educators just love the fact that Those wishing to sit for the exam have so many more choices. For instance, now, um, instead of uh, just having six testing days a year, we offer the exam uh, during the entire months of January, May, and September. So we've gone from six days to 90 testing days every year. We are also uh, able to offer the exam at any ACT testing site throughout the country. So that's more than 260 test locations that are now available uh, for people to choose from. And we're also constantly adding locations by working with schools and employers and our affiliated associations to set up um, testing sites that are off the ACT network. Another group of people that we are addressing are experienced paralegals who are changing their practice area because of the shifting economy or those who are just seeking to advance within their own practice area. And we're continuing to develop new advanced certified paralegal credentials for certified paralegals who are ready to to take that um, credential to the next level. Uh, for instance, commercial bankruptcy was just released, and we now have 19 APC credentials that are offered by NALA. Lastly, our program for our 2011-2012 LEAP class, or Leadership Enhancement and Preparation, is well underway, and we have more participants this year than we've ever had before, and those participants are learning leadership skills that can be used not just in their volunteer work in their communities, but specific skills that they can take into the workplace. So we feel like we have a lot to offer uh, for those paralegals who are seeking advancement. Well, Karen, I have to tell you that this is Vicki, and the online testing has been a huge success. And I always say that uh, the exam isn't any easier, but the road to getting your certification sure has been paved. Because I remember traveling six hours to take that exam, and there's just so many... um, there's so many opportunities now. So as I That's say, the exactly road, right. yeah, the road to getting there is much easier. But 
Lynn and I recently did a show titled Paralegal Resume 101, How to Stand Out from the Competition. And when we did that show, we discussed the importance of a quality professional resume. So what I'd like to know is, in your experience, why is having a quality professional resume vital for career advancement? Well, I think we all realize that the first time a potential employer gets to look at us is through our resume. And we want it to be a professional reflection of us and our experience and to accurately and succinctly tell our professional story, if you will. If the employer can't determine from our resume the level of our education or training or they're distracted by errors or missing details, well, they may just out of hand choose to move on to the next candidate without even giving us an opportunity to meet with them in person. And that lost opportunity can certainly mean a lost chance at advancement. Absolutely, Karen. Um, We're hiring in our firm right now and getting flooded with resumes. And what you absolutely do not want is uh, your resume to come off the fax machine and for people to pick it up and say, oh, bless her heart. (laughs) Poor thing. So absolutely. And and obviously, those resumes aren't going to result in interviews. So you do want to to get to the next step. I'm going to direct this question to Charlesy. You help students with business plans, grant proposals, and other career development projects. Can you tell us a little bit about your current position and your experience working with the paralegal community? Yes, I am. You know, I started out my career as a paralegal, and I really blame everything I've done since then on that career, or I guess credit <laughs> everything I've done since then on that um, that career. I think it was, um, well, I currently work at the University of Maine, where I direct the program um, in professional writing, so I work with all of our technical communicators there. And I work with, on campus, we have a business incubator called the Foster Center for Student Innovation. And we um, teach students how to communicate and commercialize their business ideas. And so I um, help them write grant proposals sometimes or read over their their, uh, proposals to venture capitalists and anything to get them started and and get them moving on their business ideas. But to do all of that work, I brought in all of the knowledge that I gained um, as a paralegal. And I... um, decided really to get my PhD sitting in a basement during a giant document production one year. And I I was really more interested in sort of the communication among departments instead of the the case at hand, which I think was a contract dispute. But I was completely sidetracked looking at different things about communication. So that's what led me to to get my um, PhD. I believe I started working with NALA in 1997, writing for Facts and Findings, Knowledge Journal. And I've, I've really been connected with them ever since. Um, NALA, NALA's officers and executive director, they've just been some of my greatest mentors over the years. And so I've enjoyed continuing to work with NALA. Um, NALA has this um, really high-quality certification programs and educational programs. And while studying for my Ph.D., I learned how to um, create online education and um, assess uh, learning objectives and learning outcomes. And so I really believe NALA does it right with the right experts uh, behind all of their their products. And so I currently work with their advanced certification uh, program, advanced paralegal certification program, and it's delivered online. Um, and it's just a really great way to, to earn, your, earn your certification once you've taken the CLA exam. 
So, Charlie, when we produced the Blueprint webinar, you stressed more than once, I think, uh, the importance of preparing a resume for the way it's going to be read. So tell us two things we can apply to resumes based on the way people read on screen. Okay. Um, I Last summer, I got to study um, some research that has to do with the way we read um, online, read online, so the way we look at resumes. And so what I'm going to talk about today comes from Jacob Nielsen and his um, researchers. If you want to learn more about um, Jacob's work, you can go to useit.com, U-S-E-I-T.com. But um, his research shows that we tend to read in an F pattern when we're reading websites. And you can test this yourself by just pulling up five websites and noting where your eyes go kind of first, second, and third. Um, and what we've what we found and what his research shows is that people um, tend to le- read right across the top of the screen or across the, the the headings, and then they read down the right side. And you'll notice that that your eye very rarely, unless something is blinking or there's a great big diamond um, diamond ring or something, never goes to that left corner. And so it's really important um, that our resumes need to reflect this the way we read on screens because. That's how they're being read often um, for the first round of, um, of review. Um, Jacob Nielsen calls this pattern an F pattern or an F zone. So we really want to get all of the important stuff into um, our, our kind of the F zone of our resume. Um, a lot of resume templates, and we see these all the time online. Microsoft Word has these. But they'll list all of the dates and locations on the right corner, like the right down the right side of the page. And um, those drag our eyes away from the important stuff, away from the job descriptions. And that's the least important stuff on a resume. And, and the dates are important, but they can just be scooted over so that they align right on the re- right with the rest of the information. So that's the first important thing is to, to really think about um, getting the most important information in that top area and kind of down the right side of the page. Um, and then the second thing that we can learn from Nielsen is that we tend to uh, make decisions about the stories that we want to read based on the first 11 characters of text. So if you're on, you know, NewYorkTimes.com and you're trying to decide which news articles to click on, we we tend to look at the first 11 characters and then move on. So this, to me, was the biggest shift um, in, in my thinking about resume writing because um, if we apply that to our resume descriptions, we can run into to problems really fast. So I, I pulled just a couple of examples. Um, we might, for example, if we're going to talk about um, medical records, we might say in our job description, reviewed and summarized medical records, reviewed document, pro, uh, document for attorney-client privilege, uh, prepared notebooks and exhibits for trial, drafted questions and attended depositions. And those are all fine descriptions, and they're written exactly as we're taught to write them, except that the important words, medical records, attorney-client privilege, exhibits for trial, attended depositions are all at the end of those descriptions. So really, we have to kind of flip-flop that and think of how we can put the most important words in the front. So medical records review and summarization, attorney-client privilege document review, trial notebook and exhibit preparation, deposition questions preparation and attendance. And this um, really conflicts with what we read in textbooks, which is to use that active verb in there, reviewed and summarized. But it also then, um, but it includes that important word first. And so I think that's going to be a huge shift in um, 
resumes that get noticed and resumes that don't is including those those important words first. Charlesy, um, what other quick resume writing tips would you offer paralegals? I would say that paralegals need to really honor the F zone. And so if you, um, for example, want to use an objective, only do so if it really adds important information to your resume. So if you are an entry-level student and all you really want is a job, you know, that might not be the best use of that that space going across the top of a resume. But if you are a paralegal with some, some, you know, seasoned paralegal who has a lot of experience, you could say, you know, paralegal specializing in commercial real estate transactions um, from the initial contract through closing, maybe have a summary instead of an objective. And that really draws an employer into um, into your resume and says, okay, that's what we're going to get. That's what I hope we're going to get when we read this resume, somebody that knows how to do commercial real estate transactions. And it's unlikely that that person would be applying for jobs in other areas because when you tend to specialize, you um, usually want to stay in that area. Um, so you so only use a, an objective if it adds to your resume. And then the second thing, and I think this is very um, important for seasoned paralegals, but paralegals tend to be, um, I guess, overachievers. Is that a good word? Good word to use. And by that I mean paral- these you know paralegals teach. They give CLE workshops. They do radio shows. They um, <laughs> offer. I mean, they offer advice. They volunteer. There, um, the list goes on. They write for for magazines. They do so many things um, in the community and in the profession that a resume can get really busy really fast. It, it could take pages to list these things. But paralegals that are trying to move from from one job to another have to sort of look. Um, they have to really make themselves look like the paralegal they want. Um, themselves to be. So if you're going to be a real estate paralegal, you need to look like a real estate paralegal and that you eat, sleep, and breathe real estate law, not that you're doing all of these other things. Those can be um, kind of distilled down into a small portion of the resume, but but really making yourself look like the kind of paralegal um, for the industry you want to, to be in is important. I had a quick question. So where a paralegal does have experience in writing for a professional publication or something else, would you recommend that they include that in their resume or when you say distill that down, just um, how would you recommend doing that? Absolutely. I mean, you really have to look at, you have to sort of lay out all your experience um, and figure out which is the most important. So you could certainly put that, uh, I think publications are always important because um, writing is such an important skill in any any industry, every career, every job. Um, so I would definitely include publications. But then think about, um, for example, if you write a monthly column or a weekly column, you can't list every column, but you can, so you can sort of, you know, make that a one line or two lines on your resume. And, and because unless you're, you know, getting a job trying to edit um, a journal, then that needs to be just at the, kind of in the, an add on. Okay. Thanks. Now, Charles, speaking of writing, uh, you recently authored a really great article on prof- in the professional development column of the September-October issue of NALA's Facts and Findings, and it's titled uh, Technology Transfer Innovative Jobs for Paralegals, and it focuses on jobs for paralegals in upstart businesses and with investors. So I wonder if you could share with our uh, listeners some of the highlights from that article. Oh, sure. You know, uh, there 
across the country, um, everybody's looking at um, how small business, the role small business plays in industry. And um, it's the, the statistics are really amazing. Um, I think, is it 97% of, of employers are smaller businesses? And so some of these are upstart businesses. Some are, you know, a, a lone um, engineer who has a patentable idea and he's trying to bring that to market. And so um, a lot of states um, have created these places that they call incubators. They're on college campuses. Maine has seven of them located around the state. And if you have a business idea, you can apply to have office space in these incubators. Massachusetts has a, has a bunch of these. And you, um, you get office space. You get, you know, um, access to experts who um, know all about licensing or intellectual property. Um, most states have a patent program now. And all of these places need um, help. They need people who know about contracts. They need people who can communicate complex issues. They need people who understand patents. They need people who understand rules of disclosure re- related to patents and um, the ability to work independently, to work with you know many different pe- different types of people. So I feel like paralegals have the in for these jobs. These are jobs that we're going to see cropping up and opening more and more often. And I believe paralegals um, have skills that that others don't have, frankly, and I believe they'll be perfect for these jobs. Some of these jobs, if you're, you know, wanting to look for them online, might be as a licensing associate um, for intellectual property. Um, you might um, find a job as a, as a, just a business incubator manager. This is a person that would need to work with, a, you know, be able to network uh, very well and to manage contracts, negotiate contracts. You could be the um, coordinator at a patent program. Again, all of your intellectual property uh, law um, experience would come into play um, there. And then another um, area that's huge right now is compliance management. And on every university campus um, that receives federal funding, and this must be almost every, at least every state or every public um, institution, um, Someone has to be in charge of making sure researchers follow the rules and the contracts that that they have with usually the federal government. So this is a great place for paralegals to to transfer into because you you know work with budgets, you um, work on agreements, you negotiate, and you're you know familiar with federal law. So that's another place where I think paralegals can really find interesting work. Those are really great tips, Chelsea, and it's really nice to know that there's so many opportunities out there for paralegals outside the, you know, the usual career path. So it's time to take a quick break now for a word from our sponsors, NALA, the Association for Legal Assistance and Paralegals, Redacted from Informative Graphics Corporation, and Above All Legal. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. This is Kate Kenny at Legal Talk Network, and I'm talking with attorney Brian Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal. 
an innovative new online legal job board. Brian, you have a feature on Above All Legal where job seekers can attach a video resume with their profile. Tell us about that. Well, the video resume feature is really emerging technology that will allow a candidate uh, to actually post a video resume of themselves rather than just posting their written resume uh, on our site. And this, of course, benefits the employer as well because they can actually view the candidate rather than just relying upon a written resume to determine uh, the suitability of a candidate. So it's a very unique feature. I don't think anyone in the legal space is doing this, and uh, we're very excited about it. We've been talking to attorney Brian Manginas, co-founder of Above All Legal. Check it out at AboveAllLegal.com. That's AboveAllLegal.com. Are you still redacting paper documents with a black marker and a trip to the copier? Electronic redaction is more efficient, more accurate, and keeps the document text searchable. Redact it makes it easy. Instantly search documents for words, names, or common privacy information like social security numbers. The software automatically creates a new rendition of the document as TIFF or searchable PDF, leaving the original safely untouched. Download a free 15-day trial of Redacted Desktop today at www.redact.com. That's R-E-D-A-C-T dot com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. Today, Lynn and I are talking with Karen McGee, ACP, President of NALA, and Charles C. Smith-Diaz, Ph.D., a former paralegal who is now an assistant professor of technical and professional writing at the University of Maine. Uh, this is Lynn. Um, anybody who reads my blog knows that I am slowly studying for the CLA exam, so I'm um, happy to be able to ask Karen um, to tell us about the value of the NALA Advanced Paralegal Certification Program, uh, which is not the CLA exam, but it's the next level up, of course, uh, the importance of certification and how one can prepare for the exam, uh, including any quick study tips. Well, Lynn, I've been following your your progress as you prepare for the for the exam, and I'm so excited that you that you decided to jump in there and do that. Um, and and probably you have better tips on studying for the exam than than I could offer. Um, the main thing is just to be committed and spend the time that you need to uh, to get yourself ready for that for that exam. Um, the one thing I would like to talk about a little bit is is our APC program. The important thing to remember about that program is that it's it's curriculum-based credentialing. And what that means is that once it's determined that the paralegal possesses the required core knowledge, and of course having that CP credential uh, is required for anyone wanting to then sit for an APC, um, the curriculum will then teach and test at the same time. So for the APC program, uh, it's all online, and there's really not a big need to study outside the program. Each APC program is set up in modules, and in each module, the learner is presented with information and exercises, um, and there'll be links that will take you to other um, other articles or other areas of the of the web, uh, basically giving you opportunities for more in-depth, independent study. You might be asked to do a comparison of the law that's cited in the program as an example, and then perhaps the law in your home state, you know, so that you can see how your law compares and become familiar with the law that governs that topic in your state. 
Um, so once the learner has worked their way through the module, they then must pass a test based on the information that they've learned. And uh, the good thing about it is they have 90 days to finish an APC program. So you can choose the pace at which you want to work when you're when you're handling uh, when you're working on something like that. Uh, and what we're hearing from paralegals is that even in a subject in which they consider themselves to be very proficient, they still are learning new information. And um, the, this program was really based on the way people want to learn today, and it really has been a resounding success. Since 2006, when the first APC courses were offered, more than 1,300 paralegals have attained their ACP credential in one of the 19 subject areas that we currently offer. Um, we have 155 paralegals that have more than one ACP credential and 47 that have three or more. So you can see that people really, uh, a lot of people really enjoy this, this credentialing uh, program. In addition, we have about 200 paralegals who have taken the program for just for their value as um, advanced continuing legal education. We are constantly developing new areas. Uh, so while paralegals are using these courses to strengthen their skill set, they're also using them to learn a new area of law or uh, kind of retool themselves for new job opportunities that may present themselves. So Karen, tell us about participating in CLE programs. How can paralegals get involved with that? Oh, gosh. We have so many ways for paralegals to, to get CLE. Um, no matter what your preferred learning style is, we've got a program for you. All of our CLE programs are listed on our website at NALA.org. The, there's a quick guide in the NALA, to NALA CLE courses and subjects. It's under the tab Continuing Education. And what you'll also find under this tab is information about our NALA Campus Live courses, which are real-time interactive webinars. And Vicki, I know you, you do quite a few of those for us. Um, and, and it's really become something that people look forward to and they are enjoying learning in this method, using this method. Um, currently, we are in the middle of our fall program and we have more than 56 courses lined up for spring 2012. So it continues to grow for us. Um, exponentially. Paralegals can also purchase recordings of past live programs if they're not able to participate at the time that it's offered. Well, then they can come in and, and buy it. Uh, similar to this podcast, they can go in and, and purchase it. Uh, they can also participate in the NALA Campus self-study programs, which are web-based and available 24-7. And we've already talked about our advanced certification programs and their availability for those people who prefer live classroom style settings, there is the NALA short course, which uh, this year is in Glendale, California, and it begins on November 10th. The short course is a great way for paralegals who enjoy learning in a live setting. It's an intensive two-and-a-half-day workshop that helps them prepare for the certified paralegal exam. We also have a lot of people who come who are just paralegals who want to, to polish up their skills. Um, beginning in 2011, we also modified our program for our annual national CLE event. Our summer institutes now feature three or four mornings of curricula-based programs designed to offer 
advanced CLE, uh, basically. Each day's program builds on the information from the previous day, much like it would in a classroom setting. And, uh, you know, for us, gone are the days uh, where, you know, we can give you all you want to know in an hour and a half program. Uh, we try to offer these institutes in seven practice areas annually. And next year, we will be in Omaha, Nebraska in late July. So we have a lot of choices there um, for people, depending on how they like to learn. Now, I would also want to mention that uh, this year, NALA is uh, offering an, a CLE gift to all NALA active members. And this gift is valued at $80 and can be used toward the cost of any NALA educational program, including the 2012 Institutes or any NALA Campus Live program. It can be applied toward facts and findings subscription um, or any of the, even the uh, uh, APC courses. So, um, you know, that is a tremendous benefit for NALA members, and we are hearing from those who are using it. Um, uh, Vicki, I think you mentioned in one of your programs that um, you've, we, we're hearing from people that they really are enjoying having that $80 gift certificate that they can use toward toward their education. Uh, Karen, my firm just renewed my uh, membership in NALA, and I just got my uh, $80 certificate, and I'm very excited about using it. Great. Um, we, are, we are approaching the end of the podcast, and I know we would really enjoy talking to both of you a lot longer. I'm going to ask each of you the same question, starting with Charlesy. Can you offer your most valuable words of wisdom to our listeners who are looking to get ahead in the legal profession? Uh, and again, Charlesy first. Oh, I would say join NALA, um, seek opportunities, um, don't say that's not my job. Just jump in and, and see where your career takes you. Karen? That's a great suggestion. And I would just remind paralegals that whether you're looking to beef up your skills in the current practice area that you're working in or you want to learn new skills, NALA's got some programs there that can give you those tools. Now, Karen, NALA always has a lot going on. And so can you share some upcoming NALA events with our listeners? Well, the best places to watch for upcoming events are going to be on NALA's website, uh, on our homepage, or on uh, NALA has a Facebook page. So uh, you can go there and get some announcements as well. On our homepage is a listing on the right-hand side, Charlesy, just for you. Uh, there's a listing of all of our upcoming educational events and, uh, you know, all our NALA Campus Live programs. We have one offered almost every day of the week. And, of course, we want everyone to mark their calendar for July 25th through 28th, 2012, uh, when we'll be in Omaha for the Summer Institutes. And, Vicki, I think you're going to be one of our professional development presenters at that conference, right? Right, right. Vicki Coons and I are closing the convention, so it will be the Vicki and Vicki show. Uh, we are so looking forward <laughs> to that. It's going to be great. That sounds terrific. That's going to be terrific. I've heard Vicki speak before, and that's always a very special opportunity for anybody who gets to participate in her CLE sessions. Uh, we want to thank both of our very special guests, Karen McGee, ACP, and Charles E. Smith-Diaz, PhD, for joining us today. Uh, Karen and Charles E., if someone wants to know more about today's topic, what's the best way for them to reach you? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> um, I think the best way to, to reach me would be... Um, through my through my email at charlesc.smith at gmail.com. We better spell Charles C for them. <laughs> it's um, C-H-A-R-L-S-Y-E dot 
smith, S-M-I-T-H, at gmail.com. And Karen? Well, anyone with questions about NALA's programs can certainly contact our office in Tulsa. We have a great staff there that can answer any questions that you may have. And, of course, anyone is welcome to contact me by email at kmcgee, M-C-G-E-E, at nala.org. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com. We're going to take another short break, and we'll be right back with paralegal news and announcements. So don't go away. Want to stay in touch with the Legal Talk Network and get our shows automatically? RSS provides home delivery. You don't have to remember where to click. The good stuff comes right to you automatically and free. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and hit the RSS button at the top of the page. It says our podcast feeds. Now you'll be all set. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. So welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the part of the program where Lynn and I provide practice tips and social media tips for you. And Lynn, I thought I'd let you go first today. Uh, What's your social media tip for our listeners? Well, first of all, I know that we have a lot of listeners, and I know that all of you still do not have LinkedIn profiles, and that includes paralegal students. So if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, uh, make that a weekend project to get up a basic LinkedIn profile with at least your name, uh, your current professional status, uh, and just the basics to get that picture up, including a headshot. I wanted to add, uh, when Charles, talked about, you know, a concise resume focusing on your specialty area, especially if you're more intermediate to advanced uh, paralegal seeking a certain position, um, LinkedIn is a great place to include, um, and you should include some of those professional activities that aren't necessarily going to make it onto your condensed resume, which is very focused on a specific position. So for those of you that already have LinkedIn profiles, um, but they're still very basic and you haven't gone in there and put your memberships, articles you've written, uh, different volunteer activities you've participated in and organized, uh, that kind of thing, uh, LinkedIn is a great place to do that. Also, I want to bring your attention to a great new collaborative blog. Uh, It's called the Paralegal Society. And I just real quick, I'm not getting any money and they're not making any money. Just want to real quick give you the uh, the uh, link so you can check it out. Uh, it is the paralegalsociety.wordpress.com, and they also have an increasingly active LinkedIn group. Um, the Paralegal Society. And also wanted to mention, and I was hoping Vicki I would mention any online resources that she has as the paralegal mentor, but Practical Paralegalism has a Facebook page um, and always appreciates um, getting to know readers better uh, by interacting on Facebook. Vicki, how about you? Well, I do have a quick uh, practice tip, but I wanted to add that uh, I tweeted this week about resumes and uh, if you're looking for your first job or for another job, it's it's great to get that resume uh, up to date and everything. But actually, everyone should keep their resume up to date. And so if you haven't done that in the past three months, pull it out. 
It's easy to do online and make sure that it's up to date. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You just need it. You just need to get it together so that when you do need it, if and when you do need it, it's all, it's all ready for you. And all you have to do is just tweak it then. Now, my practice tip uh, is about one of the many tasks that paralegals perform when they're doing personal injury work, and that's reviewing medical records. We all do that a lot. But in addition to reviewing those medical records, I highly recommend that the bills from the medical providers be reviewed. And don't overlook them because it's possible you're going to find proof of an injury um, that wasn't mentioned in any of the other records. So be sure that you're taking taking a good look at those medical bills. So that's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. Don't forget to check out the show notes on our blogs, practicalparalegalism.com and paralegalmentor.com. This is Vicki Voison. And I'm Lynn Deveni, thanking you all for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.